This might be the best quarterback draft class in years, and we have huge franchises like Chicago, New England, and Washington with a ton on the line. My name is Craig Horlbeck, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Danny Heifetz. We cover trades, free agency, the draft, obviously, everything. We'll tell you all about which quarterbacks are going to be good, which quarterbacks are going to be bad, like Kenny Pickett, and if there's a diamond in the rough, like Brock Purdy. Follow us at the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. Poppin' real ones, Logan Murdoch here, Roger Bell there. Roger's really chipper and awake. He took his pre-game, pre-game pre-pod nap, and he's he's just, you know, he's just so jipper. It's just, I don't know. What, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm tired. Hello. It's good, man. I'm, hey, I know it's a little early out there. Uh, I am shaking. Like, you had COVID. I didn't have COVID. It wasn't COVID. It wasn't the flu, but some nasty little head cold. But I woke up today feeling better than okay. I had the last couple of days. So that's a positive and then gang, um, gang. my young gun, Ty, has his uh, first round of state playoffs tonight um, at 7.30. So I got, hey, bro, I'm you good. Got state, you got state playoffs out there right now? We got state yeah. playoffs. Berkeley High, shout out to Berkeley High out here at the North Coast section playoffs on Friday night against Liberty High School. I think I'll pull up to that. Shout out to the gang. You know what I mean? We out here. No doubt. So when you ask why, you know, I, I just feel it's a, it's a good day. Okay, that's what's up. I'm really happy for you, bud. Good job, man. Shout out to you. Uh, so I want to start this off. I want to talk about something that we don't normally talk about on the pod, which is fighting. You know, I just let's get it all the way out there. Isaiah Stewart just, you know, cold cocked Drew Ebanks. Um, they went chest to chest. This is all reported, by the way. Uh, went chest to chest. Isaiah Stewart reportedly just, ah, this gay Drew Eubanks one got arrested and got a citation wow. at the arena. Um, he was let go. But we don't know the reasoning behind this. But I'm just fascinated by obviously fighting, one, and fighting in the NBA, number two. And number three, how it's evolved, right? Because we don't 
whether we know the reason or not, we don't see things like this anymore. And I feel like back in Raj's day, and maybe a little earlier than Raj's day, this is a bit more commonplace, right? Just you before know, me. Just before you. You yeah. just caught you caught the tail end of it and then yeah. got blamed for it, you know? Like just kind of, you know, still <laughs> reputationally. You know what I mean? They try to play you. I mean, we could still get physical, but you would you didn't see cats getting swung on like uh, uh, to the degree that that you did in the generation before me when I played. Yeah. How have you seen it evolve? What is where 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 are we at with fighting in the NBA? What what are, what are we thinking about here? I mean, you're in the safest era of all time in terms of fighting in the NBA. I mean, you're you're really in the safest era of all time for the most part as a society. Ain't no ramifications. Yeah. Like nobody gets nobody gets checked on the dumb shit. Everybody gets to type <laughs> and, and talk like they got a big chest. <laughs> I mean, am I lying? That's that's what we live in. That's what the NBA is now. And I don't know what happened. Um, what happened to the game you loved, Rob? <laughs> I mean, David Stern, you know, the malice in the palace happened. And then yeah. David Stern and TV revenues happened. And the backlash that was viewership, not it wanting to see, you know, that type of physicality. And we could go into all of that. But that's what happened. So we got to a point where you know, it's never been safer in the NBA to act like you're tough and not be tough. When did you, so like you grew up in the era and came of age in the era, like Oakley was in the league, right? Steven Jackson was just coming into the league, right? You had Ron Artest, you had motherfuckers that like, you just didn't fuck around with, right? And now like, and I think for good reason, like you'd really, to be fair, like you really don't want fighting in a league like this. You don't want you don't want to see that. So, like on one hand, this is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, it just feels like there's man- more manufactured toughness in this league, or at least people, you know, think they tougher than than they are. What is the what was the difference when you were like going up against like an oak or something like or 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 in the era that you were coming up in every single day where there was the threat of like some, you know, some shit was, could pop off if you don't come up with your P's and Q's versus this generation that you're seeing from afar where it's like, it is a bit more, it's a bit more safer. You know, it's a bit more um, family friendly than it was maybe in, <laughs> at some points in the nineties. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the difference is just that, like the difference is Charles Oakley will fight you. Like you might have to, <laughs> You might, Derek Coleman, I watched Derek Coleman after a game in Philadelphia. I'm not going to say who it was against or who he did this to, but I watched Derek Coleman. DC had a locker right next to mine. I watched Derek Coleman come into the huddle, one, two, three, like whatever we were saying at the time, go to his locker and sit down. And there's normally a ritual. I mean, you've been in the locker rooms. You sit down, you take a minute, you start to you know, take yourself off. You're going to the shower. Derek Coleman started dressing. Over his uniform. I'm like, what is he doing? So he dresses and leaves the locker room. I go through my post game, come out, leave the arena, and DC is waiting at the other team's locker room for someone to come out because they won't let him in. Oh, This person refuses to come out. Wow. It was a standoff. So that that that's the difference. Like, you... You had to see Derek Coleman at some point, or with a white tee over with a white tee over his over his this was straight, uniform. This was straight velour suit, bro. Back when they were big, 
flowy velour suits, velour suit over what a time. uniform. Um, I watched Charles Oakley walk up to somebody, I won't say any names, at a jump ball circle while this person has already claimed the spot that he wants at the jump ball circle. And Charles Oakley walk up to him, stand over him, and not say shit, but just look at him. And I watched this dude move. Now, I don't know what the, the basis of that was, the backstory. I, ju- I just got to this team. But clearly, there had been some sort of exchange that made it very clear to said individual that Charles Oakley was not fucking around. So <laughs> that's what you dealt with in the league. They were cats that would really put their hands on you. Like, I've told this story before. When me and Ron Artest got into it, I mean, you know, I'm in the back leaving the arena ready to go with, with, with like plans as to how this is going to play out when I see him in the, in this walk out. Cause I don't know what he's capable of. And I'm, I'm not about to go down like that. Yeah. I, Jerry Stackhouse, another one <laughs> like Jerry Stackhouse <laughs> with two piece. You in a heartbeat. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he caught my young kid. Uh, Kirk, Kirk Snyder was his name played for mm. the Utah jazz. I wasn't on the trip, but by accounts, you know, that were relayed to me, like, I think he might have touched him up after a Mavericks game in the back of the arena. Like that that's what you had to worry about on broad scale from from the bullies of the NBA at that time. You just don't have them roaming the locker rooms in the way that you did. It's just kind of been cut out of it. So, you know, you had to be way more selective about how you ran your mouth, how 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 you how you fouled people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just in general, how you acted, because there were people that would correct those. Act, they would correct that. I'm assuming that the, the, the Derek Coleman thing happened in Philly, right? So I'm just thinking about like I just got, the, I just came back from there, and how long that hallway is until you got to go to the bus. It ain't like in Philly; it's a good 80 feet from the locker room to the bus, and you're gonna have to see somebody. And I'm just thinking about this man, this OG. With his with his velour on, bro. Also, probably got a fit off because that Sixers jersey was fire back then. And <laughs> it was a tough jersey. It was a white, it was a tough a white jersey. icy white. Icy it white. was icy white. You put the whatever, maybe the blue red velour over that. Yeah. So like he got a fit off, and he's about to kick you. And then there's no avoiding it because that hallway is so small, bro. That hallway is so small. So small. There's one um, way in, one way out. It's it's a long walk. This wasn't young DC like with Syracuse and New Jersey where he was svelte and trim and like super athletic. This was big bone DC towards the end of his career. So that's a lot of person. And there's not a security guard in the building that could stop him from getting off where he wants to get off. So you, if you come out of that locker room and you don't have a real good answer for what you did and why you did it and, a, and an apology that supports it, he didn't come out the locker room though, so we so it was it, 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 he wouldn't come. Wait, out. you know what? What I heard, what I did see though, not heard. There's also actually there is another exit out of the visitors' locker room. There's a back exit that I just realized. <laughs> there is a back exit. There's two. There's two entrances because there's one to the court. There's two entrances to the court. There's one in the back, and then there's one that's going towards the uh, the bus at uh, at Wells Fargo Center now. Wow, that's crazy. That's why, yeah, man, that, look, you, you like basketball sports in general, right? Like they're just, it's, it's competition, man. Like you, you're going to, you're going to have boil over from the, from the time you start playing the game to when you finish playing the game, if you're really competing at it. Right. And then, and 
while I don't condone fighting and I don't think it should have been left in the game and stuff like that, some of it is organic and, and reaching a boiling point, you know, and, and guys getting chest to chest and someone crossing a line that happens from time to time. You just don't have nearly as many people who grew up, you know, kind of fighting. In, in the, yeah, <laughs> you, you just don't. And that's, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But if, if in that world you run up on someone who is old school like that and you've never run across that species of person before, I mean, you could potentially get run up on, not see it coming and get popped. Yeah. I just, I, we just, we don't, we don't have that anymore. We just don't have that anymore. And I'm, I just think about like the competitive edge and what you have to do to be on your P's and Q's when that is in the league versus when that is not in the league. Cause when it's not in the league, there's a lot of popping off of the mount, a lot of, a lot of name calling without repercussions. It's just, it's, People say some y'all say some wild shit in general. There's no regulation to the wild shit y'all say. And I feel like back in your day, there was at least there was some people that was like, I don't get like Derek Coleman. I don't think he gives a fuck about the fine. Charles Oakley does not care about the fine. Like run it. Like yeah. it's the principal. There was a lot of principalities of the situation back in your day, <laughs> Roger. There, look, there were. I mean, there there was there were dudes that. I mean, you knew who was who who was faking. And and who really how do you say live those raps like who who didn't care about getting the fines like every everybody kind of knows like I you know I there there are people out there right now that 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 would go down to the layman as living their raps motherfucker I know you wasn't living them raps you know how I know because I checked it I had to find out you know how I, I know found out. Cause Derek Coleman had you in the fucking in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like, I check you myself. Like, let's find out. Let's see. I'm a run. I'm a run up, and 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 blast as hard as I can, and let's let's see what's. That's why I always tell the story about LeBron. Like for everything that you know, LeBron doesn't fight and shit like that. But when LeBron and I got like when he first came into the league, you know, we used to check young fellas just to see what they were built. Like, let's see what you got. And I ran up. I told this story before. And I blasted him as hard as I could with a with an elbow as I ran. This is when we were still running like crossers underneath the basket and like floppy action. So I got a run and start. As yeah. I'm passing him, I just wang right in his chest. And he looked at me unfazed and just kind of like chuckled. And I said, oh, okay. Like you I okay, I got that's not going to work. I love with that you. story. I, yeah. I love that story. Cause he's 18 years old and you was really trying to G check LeBron. <laughs> he was like, hey. Okay. We're looking. I'm we're 260, looking for, bro. Yeah, I'm he was not 260, phased. dog. He was not like, phased by that at all. At like two percent body fat, dog. Watch out. But, but like, look, Jr. Smith, another one. Like Jr. Smith, Jr. Smith, and I got into that, and and I don't know if I didn't really believe it or not, but like I had kind of forgot, and I I put myself in a vulnerable spot going up. That boy tried to ruin my life. J.R. Smith did? Yeah, but... Did like, y'all have a chuckle over that after that? I'm sure y'all did. I'm sure, no, that but was, also... We did, but that's mutual respect, though, right? Like, like okay. He's from Jersey, right? Yeah, J.R. Smith it. don't seem like we he's a guy it. that fucks around. Yeah, he we, doesn't seem we like... Got it. Yeah. We got it. Yeah. So we understand each other. We're good. Um, Zebo, like, that was a... That was a... That was a bully, man. Like, he was... There were there were some dudes out there that... That that uh, you know, I put Zebo in the class of 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 DC and and Charles Oakley and Zebo said that uh that he um he bullies bullies that was what it, that was his saying that's what he said I had to have my spine checked after Zebo yeah I had to have my neck and what spine checked at, at the Moda Center or whatever it was called oh oh yeah back in the day it was a Rose Garden back rose in the day Rose Garden yeah. whatever it was 
I don't know. I was just a little too light in the ass for those dudes. Like I, I mean, I'm running around at six five, two oh five. But you at heart though. I, I I've heard stories about you, Roger. I've heard stories that you don't that you that you you never back down from a fade. Is everything? Is all the stories that I hear? It always ends with Roger did not back down from the fade. <laughs> I prided myself on that, and I like like. I didn't care about a fine either in that way, but there are some people that you're just out of your weight class with. So we had got into some shit and he caught me like running, chasing, which cause I was always vulnerable. I'd be chasing somebody and his big ass like came out of nowhere and just kind of illegal screen shouldered me mm-hmm. and it put me right into the front row. I was near the sideline. It put me right into the front row and I just felt my whole spine just go. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, <laughs> I, I promise you, I had to be, they had to take me in the back and x-ray my whole shit. God damn. <laughs> but you knew, like, you, they're, they're guys like that existed. When you went to their place, you knew, hey, bro, don't, don't act crazy in here because crazy might catch up to you. It just doesn't exist. I didn't, this isn't like an old curmudgeon pot. I don't even care. But you asked me, yeah. like, what the difference is. That's the difference. I'm going to be honest with you, bro. I, just to bring it back to Isaiah Stewart. I don't know Isaiah Stewart. But I do know this. Every time I've seen him, I've seen a couple of highlights of him, or maybe like three or four highlights of him. And two of them things is him fighting and him being ready for all of the smoke. Like he does seem like he's cut from that old school cloth. Like you don't fuck around. He's from Rochester. You don't fuck around with Isaiah Stewart. I, I think that's uh that should be that should be common knowledge at this point. Should be heated. If you if you don't if you don't act accordingly, like if you aren't if you ain't ready to to do what he wants to do, then you probably need to leave him alone. And I think, okay, this isn't our pod, but that's a good, that's a good thing. I tell my boys this shit all the time. Hey, look, man, there's nothing wrong with a healthy fear. There's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, look, I don't fight. I don't like to fight or I know that person could beat me, whatever. I, I, and then the next breath, I'll tell them, Hey, there are times where you might have to take an ass whooping. You just might, just you just the might principality. Have to. Yeah. You just gonna have to tell him like, Hey, he gonna have to beat you, bro. Like that's life. But it's something to be said for knowing and, and just being like, you know what? I'm going to live. I'm going to leave that alone. I, as a, at a young age, I realize, I mean, not realize, but I, I could sniff out someone that just loved to fight. And I was like, I'm going to stay away from him or them. You know, like there's just people in this, there's just people in this world that's like to do that shit. They just like to, it's just, you know, it's a sport for them. Listen, you see a motherfucker at the bar with a cauliflower ear, like leave him, <laughs> leave him alone. Leave him the fuck alone. Leave that motherfucker alone, bro. Don't even. <laughs> but, hey, man, they got to make eye contact. Nope. Be like, you know, no, no, dude, we're good. We're, we're good. <laughs> shit like that. Make business decisions. But but we live in a world where like, especially basketball, basketball is different. Like, cause football, full contact, like, even though they're stripping a little bit out, but you could, you know, you're taking your safety into your, into your own hands by talking reckless and doing reckless shit and taking cheap shots and stuff like that. But, Basketball is always, even when we played a little bit, like after that era of guy left, right? I will always say that there were dudes who fall into the category of thinking just because they've got this huge persona on the basketball court or they might be like, they they mistake that for real life. That's not real life. Yeah, no. That's, that's not real life, bro. Like real life is when these lights and cameras go off. And I see you, and I see you in the hallway. That's real life. This is not real life. Don't get that twisted. I just, I, I, I there's a thing though to be said about athletes. Basketball players obviously are in this category, 
But like athletes can't turn it off. Like they sometimes they got to get it turned off for them. If, if you get what if you dig what I'm saying, like where it's like even just in real life, like there's been so many like times where there's been like an athlete or there's been somebody close to the adjacent just like pop off and they don't. I'm like, there's a lot of like, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of that there. There's like a what? A what? You can't bring it on breakfast? Like, as Cat Williams would say, there's a lot of that going on in, in athletics. Where it's just like, are you, are you sure? This is bigger picture. But in a lot of instances, like that, that guy who comes from, let's say, a place where, like, you might think handling yourself comes with the territory. A lot of times that star athlete might be protected from some of that shit. So, so. Yeah. You know, you you might not have to handle your own in that way because, you know, you were you you weren't you were the golden child to begin with. You know what I mean? So like, there are a lot of dynamics that go into that. But the one I'm talking about ain't that. The one I'm talking about is that while it is basketball, it's also entertainment. And if if you get to a point where you forget that this is this is entertainment and that the basketball is just that, you you start to feel a way about yourself that that's unsafe. Hmm. I've seen a lot of dudes fall into that category, not just with me, but with other people. Like, hey, man, you just, you forgot what that, you forgot that even though you were better than that cat you were talking to on the court, that he just didn't give a fuck. A lot of, a lot of dips on the chips. A lot of dips, a lot, lot of, of dips on go. the chip. A lot of dip you know on your chip. <laughs> when did, <laughs> when did you start to see a change in it though? When did, Dar- when did uh, David Stern be like, uh-uh, nope, we ain't doing this. It was, I mean, I well, know the malice of the palace was a crescendo. But I'm sure there were times like David Stern came into inherited a league that where Kurt Rambis can get clothesline. And then, you know, we go all the way from for 30 years and then we're not doing that. We just don't see that anymore. When did it change? I mean, I, I think it was it was gradual. But by the time, you know, by the time, uh, let's see, I had that situation with Kobe, for instance. I only got one game for that. <laughs> I only got one game. Like, That's today, wild. Today, today's NBA, you know, I don't know. That, you might get take out for the series if you did that today. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking at least four or five games, something like that. Like, so, you know, it was, it was a gradual progression to kind of keep it family friendly. And again, I understand like you're selling to families and corporations and all that kind of stuff, but they've gotten, they've gotten a lot of it, you know, out of the game. But, you know, that, I think the pendulum has swung in a way, I've, I've said this before, it's swung, it's swung overboard now. Like, it's swung too far to the other side. You know, our flagrants and flagrant, like, you know, flagrant one just because you hit somebody in the head, even if it was inadvertent, even if it's inadvertent, like, everyone knows that you didn't mean to do it. You still, Wait, like, did you see I, last night, did you see last night Mason Plumley and Pods from the Warriors? Did you see the, did you see the, uh, I did. Did you see Pods? I know you probably listened to this. I saw you. That that was a flop. We saw we saw the vibes. You know what I mean? We saw it. That was a great. It was a great, great sell of a call. Amazing sell. Veteran move. Veteran move. And that's Good perfect because that's exactly where I was going next. Is is yeah. like because players know that they can get a competitive advantage by getting either extra free throws or getting someone kicked out of a game. These dudes are flopping. I've said this before. There's a difference between flopping to get a personal foul called on someone. Like two guys coming together and you flopping that I fouled you defensively, me flopping that I took the charge, right? There's a difference between that and trying to sell to a ref that you lost your eye and said players should be ejected from the game. Those are two completely different things. And I see it a lot. LeBron does this shit. 
I love LeBron. I, I couldn't be more effusive in my praise for LeBron. But like, <laughs> are you serious? Bro, go look back. I think there was a Bulls heat game. I don't know if you remember this, Roger. If this is on, if this is on TikTok, put the, put the little clip. Keith, hold me down, please. Is there playing against Chicago in the heat? I think Nazir Muhammad. Did you? I don't know if you play with Nazir Muhammad, but yeah, right. Me and Nazir used to play a lot of golf together. His son, Sir Muhammad's a bad boy, by the way. Top, top. I think maybe one hundred kid in the country right now. Basketball is tough, tough. For sure. Shout out. Uh, but Nazir Muhammad probably got like LeBron with like a quick like forearm or something to shiver, and LeBron sold the shit out of that, bro. Like <laughs> LeBron, all of two hundred eighty pounds. The person that looked at you like and laughed at 18 years old because yeah. you gave him a weak ass forearm in his eyes, right? He gave him a weak yeah. ass forearm, right? This fucker, LeBron, falls down and it looked like somebody shot him from the rafters. Just oh, got the call. Got the call, though. I mean, again, if you get if you're getting a call, this is just me. No, I mean, you can agree. You don't have to agree. Ultimately, I don't give a, sh- a, a, a rip, but um, <laughs> there is a difference between selling and getting that call, even if it looks obnoxious. If you got the two free throws and you sold the call, fine. But if you're selling and the effect is in an effort to get someone a flagrant two or get them kicked out of the game, that's different for me. I draw a line like I there's a code to some of this shit like I was never out there faking like someone punched me in the nuts when they didn't. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's going to get someone in a lot of trouble. I'm not trying to get you in trouble. I am trying to get these free throws. Yeah, but what was the line that you would draw when you were flopping? Because you, I'm sure I know you. I know you've sold a few calls in your day, Rob. Look, even the line, even the foul I told you about J.R. Smith, which was a really physical, um, in the air, like he tried to fuck me up foul. I'm not over there writhing in pain, acting like like I I I need a bacchiotomy. <laughs> what? <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I mean, like, yo, get your ass up. Like I deserved it. It's part of the game. Like we had a back and forth and he took his shot. That's the way it goes. So the line I drew was just that. Like, I, I'm not flopping like that to try to get anyone kicked out of a game or in trouble or in in any way insinuate that he is playing dirty or trying to hurt me. I'm not doing that. Well, you know what you know what ended up happening with Pods, right? After he got base and plumbly a flagrant one, which it got Ty Lu, your guy, ejected, which was a <laughs> rare sight. I was like, yeah. wow, Ty Lu doesn't get ejected. You know what happened after that? They he missed both free throws and they lost the game. Yeah. So, you know, the basketball <laughs> guys, they were up nine in the fourth quarter right. and they lost the game. Well, basketball well, gods. Oh, you know what I mean? Uh, two other yeah. two other bullies, Sheed and uh, and Body. Ball don't lie. Sheed, that was my, I, we should ask him about. Maybe we'll do that next time he comes out. We should ask. Rube and Patterson. Those. Oh, yeah. Rube, Rube was a big physical, like, didn't, didn't care. Like, they dudes were a little crazy. A little bit. Just, just yeah. a little bit. Take me down memory lane with my with my goon type players, man. I appreciate that. Jeff Foster, you remember that big dude? He, isn't he from the Bay? Jeff from Foster, the Pacers. Think, Jeff Foster from the Pacers. I think, he, I think he's from the Bay. I think he went to Skyline High School. I could be right. wrong, but uh, you know, try to kill you when he fouled you. All right, let's take a quick break. Advice from Roger. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's three p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. 
That's where the new two for five dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Nissan. Level up your next four-wheeled adventure with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder, built to navigate you to some of Earth's most awe-inspiring spots with seven drive modes and all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Visible Wireless. Want a wireless provider that always brings its A-game? Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. And as if that wasn't already a huge win, you could use promo code RINGER20 to receive $20 off your first month just for listening to us talk about basketball. Not bad, right? You don't need more than one line of wireless to save. Just switch to Visible at Visible.com and use promo code RINGER20 for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. And we are back. Raja, we got All-Star Weekend coming up. I will not be in the building. I'm not going to pass on a... On a February trip to Indianapolis. I don't know what? about you guys, but I'm going to pass on that. But there's a lot of people, you know, descending on Indianapolis. A lot of, a lot of youngins. Raja, what is your advice to anyone going to All-Star Weekend? And as a general ask, um, specifically for our youngins. Yeah, they got to be. Uh, Indianapolis is about to be busy, huh? They got All-Star, All-Star Weekend. And then uh, the NFL Draft Combine is there like later in the month. Yeah, boy, good for you guys. What would my advice be? Pace yourself. Pace yourself, man. Get a well thought out itinerary of what you want to do. Don't just shoot from the hip. There's so much shit going on and you're going to get pulled in so many directions and you're going to hear last minute about this event and that event. And, you know, they want, I mean, this was my experience. Now, mind you, this was two decades ago, but, but, so it might be a lot cleaner now. They probably get it, you know, but I would say itinerary. Pace Roger yourself. was in the trenches. Roger was yeah. in the trenches, dog. <laughs> Pace yourself, man. Enjoy it. Uh, you know, get a few of those paid appearances uh, to supplement, you know, the weekend. They probably don't need that anymore as much as we did either. So, I mean, that, that's what my advice would be. Don't get stuck out. I don't know how Indiana set up for the traffic. A couple of the ones I went to, the traffic was so brutal that you could you could be in it for hours just, just waiting to get to something and, and never really get there. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Bad advice, good advice, but that's my advice. I just, I've only done one all-star weekend and that was just, it was just a lot, bro. It was just a lot going on. You know, like I'm anti-social. Your social meter goes down really quickly. Oh, 
at All Star. Just, just so much. Just, hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Hey, what are you up to? Hey, I don't care. You know, like it's just a lot of that that goes on. And I usually try to bounce out Sunday morning, dog. That's my, that's my mo. I'm, I'm, I'm. I get in maybe Thursday, do what I got to do. I'm not trying to stay for the game. Just get me out of there. You know, that's 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 my mo. I could see that. I mean, it takes a lot of of your uh, emotional bandwidth dealing with all of the. All of the interactions, I guess, that, that you would have to go through on an all-star weekend. It's busy, man. But but I, I think, aside from yourself, that would be there to cover it in some capacity. If you're going there as like a player, you have to be built for that. That's what you have to be seeking that, right? Like because as I got older as a player, we didn't we didn't go because I was like you. I'm like, yo, I don't want to do this shit. Like I don't, it's too much. Plus, we didn't have nearly the recovery time on the back end that these guys do now. Well, Rousey, so you used to I know what happened in Philly because it was in Philly when you went. Right. Like, and you were playing for the Sixers at that time. Why did you go as a, I mean, I guess this is a young person thing. Why did you go to the All Star game when it wasn't in your city? And what was the, oh, didn't you go because you had a three point contest and you had work in that way? I went twice. Philly was in my city and then in Houston. Ah, got you, got you. So you never just went like, hey, I'm going to just go to All Star weekend just for the hell of it because, you know, okay. No. And the next, like, so to my point, the next year, the, the like the Houston one, I was there for two days, and then uh, my wife had some complications with, the, so I had to leave. So I, I didn't get to participate or hang out the entire weekend. But the next year, they invited me to shoot uh, again, and I declined because I was like, I don't. That's t- I'm whooped. You know what I mean? Like at that point in our season, I had my knee was feeling a little heavy. Like I, I was getting fluid in my knee, and I was trying to rehab some stuff, and. It just didn't make sense to be there. And again, we didn't have the amount of time that they have. We just had the weekend. So you would have to be, you know, you get done playing probably Thursday. You're there Friday. It culminates Sunday. And you're back at practice at, on Monday. So you there's, market, no, yeah. there's no rest. So, you know, as I got older, I didn't, I didn't want to be at that. But if you're going to that now and you're going as someone who's not participating in it, you're there for all the shits and all that all that comes with it. Everyone descended on All-Star Weekend when I played. Like that time in Philly, I mean, it was a who's who of actors, actresses, entertainers, um, other athletes. Like everybody was there. Can you tell the people your Philly story? Is that, can we tell, like, can, which, can we tell them about your story? experience? Nah, you're just Philly, your Philly All-Star experience. Can you, can you tell them about it? Because that, because <sighs> from what I know about that, that is what you don't do. And that is what, <laughs> what, did, what did I do? What story did I tell? I don't remember. You was what, just mobbing. I just know you was just mobbing. Yeah, we were out there. It was good. But Philly was one of those cities not set up for the transportation because it's got all those one ways. So, yeah. like, I think AI might have had, like, I did a couple paid appearances, maybe Friday. Um, I was young. It's my second year in the NBA, dog. So I don't know what I don't know what's going on. I'm just, I'm just like, let's get it. So I did a couple of paid appearances. I had a girl in DC that was like doing some publicist work for me. So let's do the paid appearances. We we got some more in our pocket. We're going down to the I think the Galleria AI was supposed to have a a, a party at the Galleria Mall. So Damn. it was wild. Like all the stores like shut the shut. whole thing down. All shut the, the stores shut with the with yeah, but like a party like in the hallways of the Galleria Mall. Damn, it was it 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 wound up being like damn, we came to this shit because it just it wasn't a venue that was going to hold like it wasn't going to be able to 
yeah uh you know have have a vibe so we got back in the car it took us a while we wound up at the at the nba players uh, the mbpa's party i guess over by temple mm -hmm. i think i think dude like it gets kind of cloudy after that but it was it was uh <laughs> that was a, this is a good time man met a lot of people some people i've only seen on like uh, honestly like videos and movies and shit like that like yeah it was a good time and then uh back back in the limos people were riding around in limos so so you could you know you could still be having a good time even though you were sitting in traffic for an hour and a half so yeah uh, I I honestly I don't I don't remember where we wound up after that, but I can tell you for sure that I, I went to the dunk competition and all of that stuff, and then I did not go to the game on Sunday because I was just too tired. I was too tired after Friday and Saturday. I was so beat I couldn't even do it, and it lingered into like practice on Monday and Tuesday. Like Larry Brown had to. Larry Brown got to your ass, didn't he? Yeah, he was like, "Hey, man, like I heard you were, I heard you were uh, at X, Y, and Z with X, Y, and Z." And I looked up, like, "What? Like, how did?" You? Larry Brown just had a finger on the pulse of everything, and he he warned me um, in so many words that like I wasn't who I was hanging out with, and I should hang out like them. So, damn, you got yeah. a real stern talking to. How do yeah. so? I was listening to Quest Love Supreme, um, one of my favorite podcasts, and. Chris Rock was telling the story. I think I might have said it on this podcast, but Chris Rock was telling the story about how he was like at this party in Jersey and Keyshawn Johnson was there. And out of nowhere, Bill Belichick says, comes into the party just randomly, like, because he was the coach of the Jets at the time and was like, motherfucker, you got a game tomorrow. Let's go. <laughs> Fuck out. Right. <laughs> this is Chris Rock's words, guys. Do not, this is not, don't blame me. Um, how, do, how much of, the, of a pulse does a good coach have? on his players and their whereabouts throughout the season. Like Larry, obviously he knew your whole shit. He knew exactly what she was doing. Yeah. But, and knew but who like, you were why are you worried about me? I don't even play. That was my <laughs> shit. Like, why are you over here fucking with me? Mother? I don't even play. I ain't played in, in 15 games. You over here fucking with me. I'm sorry. That shit still bothers me, man. Cause I can still see his ass standing over me while I'm stretching. And then bring your old ass over here, man. I ain't even. He cared about you. Cared about too much. I love LB, man. LB was my guy. LB was my guy. But anyway, the, the, tell you what kind. They should know. I mean, with the security at their disposal and the amount of connects that an organization has, they'll they'll know what's going on. They should also have a firm grasp, and I think most guys do, on who can get away with what. Like, who can be out to what hour and still produce? Because, like, some dudes can. Some, some cats can be out doing what they do, um, enjoying themselves, and come out and just perform. Um, that same person, if you if you kept him in his room all night and had him order room service and watch a movie, like he might be shit the next day. So it's good to it's good to know where they are and what they're doing, but it's also good to know who they are and what they need, if that makes sense. I understand. Can you? All I keep thinking about right now is I need I need to know what Larry Brown was like as a coach because dude's a legend. And I need to, you got any, what's up? What's the best story that exemplifies Larry Brown as a head coach? I always said that Larry Brown loves you when you're not playing for him. Like he loves you and he might love you right when he gets you, but there's a shelf life on like Larry Brown's love. There is. I mean, I think you, you see it over and over again. Like Larry, Larry Brown was, was, was a ton. <laughs> He was a, t a tough, again, like, 
I talk about people going into situations and how they affect like the arc of your career and stuff. Philly was great for me in that circumstances wound up being that I was able to play in the finals and off of that, get another year in the NBA, right? Because without that, who knows if I ever make the NBA? Like, honestly, it was a great yeah. situation and they were the first team to, to give me a real shot. Having said that, where they were as a franchise, which is like win a championship now because we fell short in the finals, didn't necessarily line up with where I was as a player. In your I was development. Doing that in my development. That I was doing that off a of straight emotion and adrenaline. So the next year, I went to Summer League and was like MVP of the Summer League. And this was a pretty loaded Summer League. Like this was Joe Johnson and what is D Mace that played at Oklahoma State. And like there were a lot of boys in that. And I, I got MVP of it and we were really good. Um, and I think the expectations for me, I had a really good preseason too because AI was out. Eric Snow was out. Aaron McKee was out. So Speedy Claxton and I played all the minutes in preseason. We looked good. Yeah. And the expectations were just more than I was ready to like to be able to handle. Do you know what I mean? So for that reason, I think there was some disappointment about that from Larry Brown, quite frankly. Yeah. And it's not his fault. This is totally my fault. But the messaging and the interaction with him took its toll on me that year. Mm. I wasn't sure whether... I could or wanted to play basketball anymore after that. Like, damn, I really, I just, I wasn't like, I wasn't emotionally ready to deal with the ups and downs of that season and the expectation and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I, I joke with people. I'd be like in fucking Spain somewhere warming up and a motherfucker would yell something in the gym and it'd be like flashback shell shock. I think Larry Brown was screaming my name. Be like, what? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're like Pablo's dog. Like, God damn, where's he at? And he just had me rattled like that. And so it took a lot of like emotional rehab for me. Not not his fault, again, but just it, it didn't, it wasn't right for me at that time. It was so more I circumstantial. Said, yeah, it's what it is. Like, and, and quite frankly, that's what separates some people and allows them to be either in the league or not in the league. And it's what separates an okay player from a star is sometimes their ability to navigate those things. So I had always said, honestly, in behind closed doors, if there was one person that I'm sure would never, ever trade for me or never, ever want me on their team again, and the feeling was mutual, it would have been Larry Brown. Unequivocally, no questions asked. When those motherfuckers told me I got traded to Charlotte and Larry Brown, I almost <laughs> passed out. <laughs> Bro, I almost passed out. I thought it was a joke because I was like, there's no fucking way. It's impossible. And this he loves differently. He loved the next time around, this time around with Larry Brown, it was way different. Like our relationship was different. I was an established player. So, you know, there was enough of a track record to, to prove to him that I could play, to prove to myself that despite anything else, I could play. And I just wasn't ready to handle that the first time we were together. So we were much better the second time. He traded my ass immediately as soon as I got hurt. But, but, um, but he, uh, but, but not, I got love for Larry Brown. Like he's just anybody who played for him would tell you the same shit. Like he's a tough old dude. That's the interesting thing though. You brought up a good point. It's like about young players um, and the development or the lack of development that they get when they're immediately thrusted on a championship team or a championship aspiring team. Right. It's what is basically what you were put into, right? Like, at that point, Sixers had just got on their way to the finals and trying to get back. I don't think people realize just the pressure that is involved in that. And it's really hard for a young player to stick on that type of team. 
for long term. Like it takes a certain mindset because there's so much pressure and you're still fig you don't even know who you are yet as a person. So how are you gonna like try to put yourself into like this championship level type team? You know what I mean? Like I see that all the time with young guys. It's not has nothing to do with their ability, more so just the circumstances around them and why they can't develop at the pace that fans think they should develop. Listen, man, I had never, it, it's a great point. I had never lived really by myself before. In college, we always had a roommate or a, or a suite mate. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, had our own room yeah. and we shared an apartment. Um, other than that, I had only lived in the Best Western in Yakima, Washington. So, like, you know, like, shout out house- Yakima, Washington. I bought Straight a shirt up. from there one time. There's housekeeping and shit every day. So, this is like, to your point, like, I'm learning how to live on my own. You know, I'm learning, I'm learning a lot of things. Mike Woodson, Shout out Woodo. Woodo was my like, was my player development kind of coach. Like Mike Woodson would still take me out and bust my ass in one on one before the game started, like on the court. Like that's where my game was at. Like where this retired, this retired coach on the staff would still be in good one on one games with me. And like I just wasn't ready to go out there in high pressure stakes NBA games, like with championships on the line and produce. I just wasn't, yeah. I wasn't ready for that. So yeah, there'll be the uh, breaks. Okay. Let's do this. It's Thursday. We're going to the all-star break before we do that. It's time for real end of the week. Roz, do you have to pee or anything before we do this? No. Nope. Do you want to go take a bathroom break? You, I don't need good? one today. Nope. Thank okay. you okay. for asking. All right. Let's go. <laughs> let's, <laughs> all right. Let's go to real end of the week. I'll let you go first. Cause I don't have one. Who's your, um, Ruin of the week. This one's pretty easy for me. I give it to like uh, the whole organization, staff, record label, and as an MF and crew, as you like to say. But specifically, the 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 figurehead of that on the field would be Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm. Um, written off earlier in the season, uh, a lot of news shows talking about the decline of of his. Had we seen the best of it? Had the league caught on? Obviously, there were issues is receiving staff. I mean, receiving core and all of that. But like, you know, they were they were pretty much written off as not being able to vie for a championship this year. And I mean, not only did they do it, but they went through Buffalo, they went through Baltimore, and then they played. I, I heard it referred to as the Niners Invitational by some people, the Super Bowl. So <laughs> then they beat them in the in the in the Super Bowl. So. And the way he did it, like come coming back again, what's that? Three Super Bowls with three double digit comebacks, like that's you know, G being shit. Down ten, yeah, yeah. Every so time. like you know, shout out, real one. The whole Kansas City Chiefs: Andy Reid, Travis, Travis Kelsey, um, T Swift. Uh, wow. First USF Bull to score a touchdown in 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 the Super Bowl, I believe. Marquez Valdez Scantlin, like, I mean, Patty Mahomes, dog, real one. That's it. Man, they beat the Niners. That's real enough for me. I'm excited for that. I was all in the group chat. I was all in all in my family group chats like, bang, 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 bang. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, I'm going to give mine to a uh, friend of the program. Um, we share a producer, the legendary Kerm. Um, I'm going to give it to Rob Harvella from 60 Songs That Define the 90s. Um, he has a... Uh, is a podcast out talking about hard not like by Jay Z. Really good. I think you should. I think you should listen to this pod, Roger. But anyway, huh. he um in this latest podcast about Jay Z, who's an East Coast guy, somehow got the Federation, uh, uh, which is a group 
uh, out of Fairfield, California, somehow did like like name drop the Federation and talked about how E40 is the greatest rapper of all time. So any man that does that is a real one in my book. Real one of the week, Rob Harvella, 60 songs that define the 90s. One of my favorite people in this business and in the world. Go tap in on his podcast if you haven't already. It's a vibe. Um, so yeah, real one of the week. Rob Harvella, giving it to him. We're here. Boom. There we go. All right. A little housekeeping. No show on Monday from us. It is a three-day weekend. You guys have fun. Don't listen to podcasts. Go out and enjoy your life. Um, <laughs> we'll see you guys. Or enjoy it and listen to the podcast. I don't know. Yeah. Well, listen to the real Some ones. Some old ones. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen oh. to all real ones. Great with his hits. You know who I saw last night? Was very Who's happy. Juan Toscano Anderson. Friend of the pod. Hey. You know I mean? Yeah. yeah. That one I said so, was good. I will do that. All right. Um, I don't know why I brought that up, but you know, real one of the real one. Go listen to the go listen to the to the Juan Toscano Anderson interview. That was one of the greatest interviews we've ever done. Go listen to that when on your President's Day weekend. All right, tap in. Ah, all the shits. Bye. Must be 21 years and older and president in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit backslash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT-IN-INDIANA, 1-800-522-4700, or visit KS Gambling Help in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.